0: What's up, motherfuckers? You motherfuckers, what's up? What is up, motherfuckers? Oh shit, am I recording? just gotta make sure I'm recording here. I am recording. Um, hello again. The podcast that I that Todd just put up, lot of him and Nabe, which I'm gonna listen to after this, even though it's 12:49 a.m. Um, Aquarius, full moon in Aquarius, by the way. It's a very powerful energy. I'll get to that later. Um, The Joey's Back one was recorded actually quite some time ago. It could have been, I don't know, a month ago or something like that. So, I mean, I thought I was back then. I'm really fucking back right now. I'm in one of those moods where uh, there's sometimes... Uh, you just get back into the groove of doing good things to your body yoga and exercise and eating healthy and then you tap into some crazy outside energy which you know I might have to start ranting about eventually because seriously seriously (laughs) if you're listening to this right now there is some kind of uh outside energy that you can tap into creatively and uh and and if you're in the groove it flows fucking right through you and for me personally like just in the past week and even like before Todd's wedding and everything it was like i had to um i had to sketch little pictures and draw write I had to skate I had to exercise I had to like um I just had to like express I don't know let shit flow out of me and I swear um the healthier you are the more able um it can flow through you I mean there's some outside force and it could be that um I don't remember it being this powerful Growing up, I mean, making videos and being really stubborn about, um, that's a whole other thing, actually. Just making, making skate videos, um, you would think that those previously, like, old videos and edits and things like that would flow out of you, but no, that was just kind of following something that kind of was intuitive. And instinctive but now I, I feel things deeply it could be because I'm healthier healthier and I have to do them like today this is almost a companion piece to um park sketches volume 10 just take a sip I got my chartreuse this is for Dana and Todd mm. what a fantastic drink if you ever get a chance to buy a bottle of chartreuse put on some ice or you can do it in shots it's a beautiful drunk it's very clear um we drank um i bought two bottles for todd's wedding and uh we drank some before the wedding and it was very memorable uh yeah i i love todd and dana are like my chartreuse drinking buddies so this is for you guys i got lost there um, what the fuck was I talking about? Chartreuse. I got my chartreuse. It's like um, the ladies' man. I got my cavatier. It'd be awesome if um, eventually we can take phone calls. <laughs> there is this uh, there is this cable access thing, uh, where people could calling to Santa Claus on Cable 10 in Kamloops so Cable 10 was like the local channel um, where there were some good shows there was Euphoria Emporium which profoundly influenced my whole life and uh, especially How to Be Unpopular and Okay Buddy and Cirque du Soleil if I hadn't seen Euphoria Emporium if you're ever over at my house ask me to watch some Euphoria Emporium or you can look it up um, and there was also a metal show called All the Rage these two, like, headbanger dudes that had, like, a different green background, and they would play metal videos. I've been trying to search for footage of it, because that show was fucking awesome. Anyways, every Christmas time, they would have Santa Claus live on Cable 10, and you could phone in, <laughs> and it was really easy to get past the screening process, so you could just watch it, and it would be like, hi. Oh, hi, what's your name, young boy? My name's Tommy. Oh, Tommy, what would you you like for Christmas? I want you to suck my fucking dick. And then the click sound of the phone. And, uh, uh, fuck. It was just so funny. Like, just dumb high school kids saying dumb shit. Which actually segues me into something that I've wanted to talk about. For quite some time and I don't think I've talked about this um, so well first of all I don't have I have like my notebook here um, it's a smaller journal it's actually one that um, my ex-girlfriend bought bought for me before I went to Europe with Todd for and my sister or my sister was down there we met her there um, during better than baseball era and it was like this small compact journal i i use three different kinds of journals i use um the original i think it's called the da vinci it's like the crime scene notepad i always have one of those on hand that you can take portably which is very important um i also use my iphone to enter in notes and then there's like this medium size that i just don't use enough because um i either have the big journal or the little journal so it's this old one That Jenna got for me, and um, I I didn't want to buy a new journal, so I realized there was there was a lot of space left to fill. And I took this thing camping with me and spilled water, and it's got like it's all warped and shit. But I have a bunch of really good notes in here; it's just they're hard to read. Um, So to bring it back to the Santa thing and and high school kids, um, we had a really fucking intense conversation on the way up to Todd's wedding um, we had uh, it was actually pretty fun on the way up we were getting ready, doing the like tux thing which was surreal in itself because I've done so much filming of weddings and editing of weddings and to be there with your your best friends people who you're so close to and you're putting on these suits and your best friend's going to get married which, by the way um, just before Todd walked um, just before we all walked like across this beautiful field on this ski hill, it's really hard to explain. I can see it in my head and probably people who are listening to this knows what it looks like. It was this green, beautiful, small ski hill. Like it looked almost alpinish, with big trees and we had to walk across this large field and, uh, the nervousness hit us because it was like everyone had gathered at this one point and it was kind of like further away um the aisle walk area. And then uh Todd just dropped a we out here and uh we laughed really hard. It took the edge off. Cause we were definitely out there. And a lot of our friends were out there too. I just had a big shit eating grin on my face when I was uh I had Shelby on um Carly's friend Shelby on my arm and then I just like I saw Brian and Josh and Leon and Randy and Riley and my girlfriend Dana's girlfriend rant, like it was. There was a lot of love in the air, but I fucking digress, which I'm probably going to. Numerous, numerous times, um, to wrap it back around. Thankfully, my memory's good. I don't smoke much weed at all, so I actually can bring it back around. Um, the high school thing. So we we're having this crazy fucking conversation that I actually recorded by accident Um, because we were drinking on the way up. I recorded it on the camera, and eventually I'll... I might post that with an introduction. Um, And the short version of this conversation was about how our generation... And I've talked to many people about this exact topic, many people around our age. I'm talking maybe mm, people that are like 27 to 31-ish, like that age range. Um, I found that there's a big difference between, and I know you're like, how can I follow this? But I found there's a big difference between people who were born in 1980. Um, and 1980 people born from 1982, 83, 84, have this, um, very special way of looking at the world. Whereas people in 80 I've found are more cynical and, um, don't believe in as much, they struggle a little bit more with their creativity in themselves, and it's fucking true, 81's is like bridges the gap between the 80's and the 82's, Um, I have a lot of brilliant friends that I connect with more, but I found like, um, my last girlfriend was in 1980, and um, I have some friends who were born in 1980, and also my sister, like, I just find there's some things that are very hard to um, communicate on like they're almost more cynical and we're more open hmm. I digress from digressing from digressing but um essentially <laughs> that's such a my business partner always says that it's like um essentially what we want to do is but the conversation was um our generation like I said um people who are yeah 27-ish to 31-ish maybe maybe 30 we have such a great responsibility to the generation in front of us um because we are very 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 special uh people who are on planet earth we grew up with the old world or whatever the hell you want to call it like We grew up with without computers and without cell phones and video games were just kind of like we were there for the beginning of video games MTV text messaging the internet um, online chat uh, message boards like we have we were there for the infancy similar to rollerblading like if you started when rollerblading started there's a certain like evolving understanding like you have a relationship with this thing that's evolving because you were there when it was in its infancy when it began when it began so like technically there's no elders of the internet there's no elders of video games there's no elders of music video there's some filmmakers quote-unquote that had a music video style way back when. Like, film in itself is only fucking a 100-something years old. But we're talking about, like, the internet and video games and these things that we grew up on. But we grew up for a certain amount of time when they weren't really there. Like, Atari was there, but the internet... You could still hand in fucking assignments. Fucking fuck, fucking 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 fuck. You could hand in assignments, like, paper written in high school still... Which is like crazy by today's standards. So, the point that I'm getting to is that um, not only do we have a, a great responsibility because we have knowledge of kind of an old fashioned sense, we have some of our parents' morals and values and things. I, I feel like we are the gap, we bridge the gap between the older generation and the younger generation, and that we have a responsibility to teach these fucking kids what we remember life as before all of this shit and drawing talents and whatever that seed is, what some of these kids are good at, before they inundate themselves in like fucking internet browsing and playing video games and screen screen time then, we have to save these kids from being numbed out on like drinking energy drinks, text messaging surfing the web getting fucking everything served to them on a silver plate i was just at the center of the universe um like i said in the other podcast and the dude ray i don't know if i said this in the last podcast but the dude ray who will take you to the center of the universe i was joking about and todd has joked about this and i keep using it that how our generation is fake rich like i told him there was a graph that i saw that the uh it was like like a trajectory of starbucks coffee like their popularity and their sales it like equals the trajectory of debt for our generation like just think about that um we want we're we live like we're making so much money but we're actually all in a lot of debt for the most part there's some people who are intelligent with their finances they're few and far between Um, I think that's maybe something that 82s aren't as good at in 80s and 79s and things, but who knows? Um, I digress from digressing from digressing, but what Ray said was (laughs) the generation under our generation. So we're talking about kids right now who, you know, them, you've seen them at skate parks, they're fucking sitting there and they have the voice that's like, and then they check their phone for a little bit and text And then they'll fucking spit for a while And they have really f- fresh gear From whatever goddamn garbage they're consuming online Or in magazines or whatever They're just like They're some of the most unimpressed um, Like the Nirvana The Anthem from the nineties, the Nirvana anthem, Kurt Cobain, "Here We Are Now," entertain us. Okay, so that song's almost twenty years old. "Here We Are Now," entertain us. Okay, this generation now is like over entertained. They get whatever they want at the click of a button. They had look, t.Here's kids that have fucking cell phones in like grade four and five that are text messaging. And like, you just know these kids that I'm talking about. And Ray was like, these kids are going to want $30 an hour to do nothing and have everything. And I was like, that put this shit in perspective for me. And don't get me wrong. Some A lot of these kids, a lot of these kids are, they have very, very special gifts. They're going to there are some kids who are so talented and if they're um if they're kind of like taught or or coached or took under a wing or there's like i said elders that can guide them through this fucked up world that we it's not the fucked up world like oh man the world's so fucked up like if if there's people elders who can guide them through um letting them know the importance of um not having screen time, not using their phone, cutting off from the internet, going outside, doing activities, doing the shit that we did. Like my girlfriend, um, had a great example that they lived out in Cherry Creek when they were younger. She said when they were young, they would spend hours playing by the creek. Okay. When you're really young, that's something that you do. She was talking about like i don't know grade four or five six or whatever like they would spend hours playing by a creek and like developing your fucking imagination like our imagination is one of the most important tools because that's how i opened this podcast if i'm disconnecting from technology if i'm doing things that i love if i'm exercising and doing yoga and going skating and journaling and drawing and um, listening to music and getting enough sleep eating healthy I don't know if I said that one you get rewarded and you're developing your imagination you're you're connecting with that sense of self these kids they don't if we can teach them that early on like if someone could have taught me that I don't know if it's just you have to go through The process of being a stupid teenager that thinks you know everything but this is the thing that I'm getting to this is a long rant and I don't even know if you're following me anymore um but when we were teenagers we were excited about um ordering a skate video and watching it over and over again and um we were still fairly polite obviously many we would have little shit moments and things like that but I feel like we had respect for each other as friends there would obviously be like the joking poking fun or whatever but n- but we did not have that voice man that fucking voice that i hear i was at um paul lake the other day and Lacey made fun of me because there was like this crew of younger teenagers that were within my ear distance and all i could hear like just, was just muffled like man fucking 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 and all fucking fucking and i was like she had she wanted to move too cuz we were in like an area with lots of kids and it was annoying but like i didn't have that fucking i didn't have that voice when i was that age i did not have that voice this generation of kids like i said there's some very talented ones um, and there's some that haven't even discovered their town, but like, I'm talking about maybe like the eight, the fourteen to early twenty year olds right now. Like, they are some of the most vapid, unimpressed. Nothing could get them excited. Like, I'm just gonna fucking sit here and check my phone and, and be wearing these really nice clothes that just make me look so good. And I'm, the girls are gonna have a voice like this and the guys are gonna have like fucking <laughs> voice like this. We need to help these kids. Me personally, what I want to do to help these kids is, uh, and I'm going to work on it. I don't know how I can do this, is I want to start um, a film program in Kamloops, uh, hopefully funded. I haven't even sent the email or anything, but I want to teach um, film, video, whatever, to some of these kids. and and, um, They have these devices. They have iPhones. They have cameras and stuff. If I could teach them how to maybe communicate some of the things that they're feeling that um, they don't express because they got I mean for all of the text messaging and the the internet use and Facebook and not being impressed and getting everything all the time they must have some valuable outlooks That is that, that are different from mine or yours and um, if I can teach film and camloops, that'll be my contribution so what is your contribution going to be to this next generation because they fucking need us they are they fucking need us so bad and not only do they need us but their parents can only help so much um, because when you're at that age you kind of reject your parents and their ideas unless you have really fucking cool parents they need objective sources that aren't their friends that aren't their parents um, that aren't their teachers Cause there are some teachers around our age but we can be teachers that that um, can relate to them and can talk to them and at the same time we have we have lived on the planet in a different time than them and some of our ideas have value and then in return a lot of their ideas have value because like I said there are they're going to be a fucking gifted generation but they're just being inundated with um how fast the world is and how uh like we're overstimulated man this world is goes way too quick and lately i've just been very very rewarded with slowing down oh my god i was ranting for how long I hope you're still with me. I was ranting for like 20 minutes or whatever. Um, But I'll segue now into... um, Well, first of all, I want to talk about REMS. We say REMS as the UFS version, right? When Remedies was the non-UFS version. I'm surprised that rems aren't the most popular, the most used skate, especially cuffless. And it could just be my own style, but that skate was 20 years ahead of its time. It's still far ahead of its time. Although the materials used on it aren't perfect, the actual concept of the REMS skate and the Remedy skate is so much better than every other rollerblade on the market. And I'm not talking about rollerblading. I'm talking about like moving your ankles, moving your feet, using your body for a way to attach wheels to your feet. REMS are the most expressive skate that you can get. Um, and I love just to let you know, I think each skate that I've tried, I've tried a lot of the skates on the market except for carbon twos, which there's something about those skates that, um, I really want to try them still, but there's something that looks twitchy about them, which I don't think a a skate should be, but I got to try them. Um if you could combine some of the design principles and the feeling of a shadow skate which is so cartoony over the top but um, functional and light and um, responsive with that like that freedom of feet the original freedom of feet concept with some of the shadow design principles you would get a perfect skate not a perfect skate but pretty close to it because. Um, I said it before for actual skating around shadows are the worst fucking skates in the world like they actually they're counterintuitive to striding. Those skates are made for like you get your speed and you don't stride very much and you control them like um, two boards under your feet like two long or two big plank thingies um but one thing that's great about the skates is they attach here, your feet really well. Um, but rims, it's so funny. I think a lot of people are put off by those skates. And they say that they're floppy and um, and feel like shit or whatever. But you actually... Skates and attaching wheels to your feet. And if you're going to be shaking your head while I say this, I've been on fucking skates for a long time not just rollerblades but ice skates I've been on since I was four or five years old and I know my feet very well and I know I don't know I just the idea of floating and gliding and having um, something on your feet that gives you that feeling of freedom REMS is the closest you can get to having an organic um extension of of something on your body and then wheels attached to it and it's simple as that and i just wish um more people would try the skates and another problem is um which will bring me to another point is people use rems like they see other people using their rollerblades like um chris haffy's a really good example he's fucking incredible he's so good he's you know one of the best rollerbladers of all time and he uses rims and he's done amazing shit but um like the chris farmer and chris haffy like the game of blade on the rail it was obviously interesting or whatever but like rims aren't that great for that style of skating that like if you were to just skate a rail all day in rems like you may as well just get a skate with like like razors or something you know that just has like a shitload of ankle support a big fucking sole skate rails all day in it but um the problem with rems is people think that they don't feel right only because they're designed for a way different style of skating and this is why. Kato, his original footage, like the first time Kato, the designer of rooms, skated in a video. It was in Hoax 3. You watch that video, you watch the way that guy skated. He's also in Fast Shoes. Um I put some of his skating in um the perspectives on mushroom blading in it. He does a back rail and a quick little fakey three. Which was the first time I saw like a flat ground, ungrabbed, quick fakie three. That was before the whole Shane Coburn free like you freestyle this is going to be the new thing freestyle is no grabs he did a back royale in fast shoes in roses and a quick little fakey 3 ungrab Kato's style was was the first style that had that futuristic vision of it, it wasn't rollerblading it was um attaching wheels to your feet being expressive and going, like, seeing where you can go with that. And then, also, he has tricks in, um... Even just his photos in Daily Bread. Oh, man. There's that topsole... Or, sorry, it's a gap-to-topsole photo of him. And he's, like, he's gapping over... It's a famous rail that's within Elements 2 a lot. He's gapping over the rail, and he's got, like, really light track pants, and he's in the white rims. Just the position that his body was in is was so distinctly um more about movement than rollerblading and like i just thought about if he had any other skate at that time other than ren's other than the his vision for skating how different his body position would have had to be in the air and his tricks in uh respect recept pa i'm ranting again it's one of those nights he does a um he does a late 180 over a natural launch the one that um matt mance does the 720 and transcendent and gets his foot run over he does kato does a 180 over that thing and like pokes his toes out and you can't do that in other skates you just can't and then the other trick same thing like he's got light he's got like track pants that just look so comfy and light to skate in if you ever you haven't tried skating in track pants it's like a beautiful feeling i'm talking about just like plain black like not nothing with stripes or nothing too crazy i think josh petty skated in snowboard pants in my daily routine and a backpack it was hilarious but um he has like a long way 360 over a hip at the esco park and then bo great editing in that video bo um Bo has a great understanding of the nuances of distinctly rollerblading style. That um, the thing that separates us from other activities is that attaching wheels to your feet, when done right, although there is no right, can yeah, you can get into certain body positions that I don't think you you could get into in any other way, although. Mmm, shit, I should have had show notes here. Um, although it can be argued... No, never mind. Uh, distinctly, like, when rollerblading, when in that trick, like, just... It's like hearing a good song on the radio. When you see a good trick in a video that really registers with you, it's because there is something very distinct that you can do on rollerblades. A very distinct movement that you can't do. Frankie Morales is a great example. Um, that shit that he does like he is a fucking rollerblader like I can't imagine any other activity or sport that would have that he would able to have that style in I really can't like skiing no snowboarding no skateboarding no Frankie is so distinctly rollerblading so what I'm getting at is Oh, by the way, Frankie Skates Rems. <laughs> Perfect, it brings me right back around. I'm, I'm telling you. Um, the only reason Rems aren't the biggest skit on the market is because um, financially, there can't be half shell sizes. So there's only three shell sizes, and then it has to be liners that fit. So there's a lot of people that have feet that kind of like fall in between sizes and they can't find that pair of rims. And then another reason is because they're so used to the way, um, like the ski boot feel of rollerblades that, um, I don't think they would give them, s- give their feet and their ankles and everything enough time to get used to the skate. Cause this is something I've talked about before and it's something very, very important about rems, is after, especially cuffless, um, rems are cool because they give you a lot of options on like how you can ride them in a row, but um, cuffless rims. you're using the balls of your feet when you skate. You're, you're, you're using, it's the closest feel that you can get, in my opinion, to having just wheels attached to your feet, a little bit of ankle support, um, and you have a toe point and you're using really fucking weird muscles in your ankles and that shin muscle, um, that you don't use in other skates. And if that feels weird for people, that's retor- Um, like, if you are using those muscles, isn't that a good thing? Anyways, I'm really, really going off on a tangent here. Because I've already said, yeah, I'll get to that later. I'll get to that later. What am I going to get to later? That was my, so I, I had the um, the younger generation rant. That was the REMS rant. I'm hoping, I don't know if I can, I had messaged Kato. He's usually, this is another thing about Kato. One, he had a crazy vision for skating and skates and he did it, he made fucking, he assembled skates by hand with Brian Bell and Brian Jaggers, and you had to trace your foot, and sit. like, he had a vision and went through with it, and he's been very successful, I want to do a Cato interview, he's all, and what I was getting to is, you can email that guy about your skates, he'll get back to you, in a very, just, honest fashion kato is the customer service for rems he answers every email that guy tours so much he lives it he's he's there he's in it maximum respect boom pound to kato kato's on the on the um platform that in my mind like shima and julio but kato's like, see, Shima and Julio have worked so hard skating-wise, but Kato is almost, like, higher up in my opinion because he actually um, made a crazy skate that changed my life personally. Because what I was going to get to is that for this, um, I was talking about, like, lots of things f- have been flowing out of me lately. i got to pee, so I'm going to pause this in a bit. Lots of things have been flowing out of me lately. And one thing is like I'll go through um, stretches of skating and then stretches of no skating. And I've been skating a lot lately. And uh, I got new skates when Leon came up. I got um, some Chris Haffey Pro Skate. Chris Haffey 2. No, I don't know what Chris Haffey skates they are. But um, it was like... I had been gone for so, or whatever my my soul, my skating soul was. It was on vacation for the longest time because, and don't get me wrong, those K2 skates were really good for uh, very specific styles of skating. Todd is still loving his. For me personally, cuffless rims is an extension of my vision for skating. Um, there's a lot of things that I can do in those skates. That I can't do in other skates. So to be back on them. I don't know. Just shit started flowing again. So I started skating a lot. And skating in them today. uh, For the park sketches edit. Oh man. They just feel so good. Like the spaces. Okay. This is why cuffless rims are awesome in my opinion. Especially with flat. Well, I have banana rocker, hockey rocker right now. The spaces between tricks, which is what skating is. Skating is not tricks. Skating is skating. So the spaces between tricks are more important and more fun to me than actually doing tricks. Think about that. Because it relates to what Todd was talking about. Going from point A to point B should be what skating is. Not doing tricks. I'll get back to that. A very good friend of mine told me the other day. Don't know that part. Said to be true. Here for a good time, not a long time. So have a good time, the sun can shine every day And the sun is shining Ooh. Oh, let's really see there The sun is shining Ooh. isn't it a pity? Pity And every year Share the tears I am back. Um, mm, I just realized this may be the first official podcast where I'm slightly drunk. Not a lot, but I'm so high on life. Like, I was so high on life before I had the chartreuse. But I did just crack a, a large beer, a peach cream ale. 650 milliliters, 5% alcohol. I also have water, don't worry, I'm hydrating, because you can't forget to hydrate. Um, I've collected myself a little bit, so there is the more ranty earlier part. I feel, though, at any time you can go off on any tangent, there's a lot of value in it, you know? There's a value in tangents, any kind of tangents there's a value. Let me just check the compression on this thing here. Oh, Oh, (laughs) 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 it's like the classic drunk thing to do. Either a burp or a hookup. Park sketches 10 was successful. So I'm going to, I'm going to talk for a little bit, and then I'm going to put it up. Um, I'll talk a little bit about park sketches actually. So I moved back to Kamloops in April of 2009, I think, and that began a massive fucking journey, which is another story in itself, um, which I have so much um, interesting personal life experience that I want to eventually write into a script somehow or something. I would love to make a movie and and um, use my own personal uh, evolution and project it into a story somehow. But that's another story. <laughs> um, so I moved back here with uh, my ex-girlfriend, Jenna, or at the time, my girlfriend, Jenna. We moved back here because we knew we wanted to live in Kamloops. And, um, the, the earliest little flashes of Mushroom Blading Volume 2, like the feel of that video and the mood and the tone, uh, came from me working in Vancouver and, um, realizing the importance of more of a connection with nature and a slowed down pace and everything. So we, we moved back, definitely related to that reason, um, And then I don't even know how this started. I think there was a note in one of the notebooks that, or one of my journals, that said, um, even if I had nobody to make videos with, I would make a solo video. It would be like, obviously, when people in a band make a solo album, Sometimes it's not as good or there's some, sometimes it's something very distinct, a very distinct feeling and mood and tone that is very much related to that person and they just need to create it. So parks, the first park sketches, I just, I went to the old skate park, which I feel very strongly for that place. I've talked about it before it, in my mind, it feels like street skating. So, um, there's something about like new spots and new skate parks um new street spots and and new skate parks that um and it's really fucking weird. It's like I don't know if it's my logic or my intuition telling me this, but like it feels less uh authentic. The experience feels less authentic that I love the shitty cement at the old skate park and that it's not designed very well and it, the stuff is small and, and and um but like anything, you know, it's like a page in a notebook every time it's just kind of like this blank fairly boring slate when you look at it but you can do whatever you want so i just one day um, i had to do it like it was that feeling that i had to set up a camera and this was my first time doing it like i had maybe set up the camera a couple times and film myself skate but like it was a barrier to break through and i think more people should do it all in their own style Um, I don't know when the first one was, because I would send these things privately to Todd. Um, I got to release all of the ones that I did, obviously, before. I only put, I think, 8, 9, 10 is online. Um, but I, I had to do this thing, and I sent it. Sorry if I'm losing you. God. That's why people that drink... Mm just fucking repeat the same thing over and over and over. Oh my God, that beer is so good. Peach Cream Ale, the Tin Whistle Brewing Company. Highly recommend this. I'm going to do a podcast eventually where, um, or I'm doing a list first and it sounds funny, but about products that I use daily and that I really like products that I endorse with actually not being paid by any of these companies. Um, I just thought that would be really funny so I'm eventually gonna do that so I did the the first park sketches and uh, then I had to make I had to make more I actually got a little bit obsessed with them and I made a bunch of them and I would just what what the idea was is that um it was sketches of a feeling for mushroom blading volume two. And also sketches of tricks and me just fucking around. And it was a very free to just set up the camera and do whatever. Sometimes I would have, um, some of them would be based on, I could only try something once and then I would have to move the camera. Like I wouldn't try things over and over again. So they had this very loose kind of like, uh, really lazy feel. And especially the, the area where that skate park is in, there's a dog park on the one side soccer field on the other side, tennis courts, dirt parking lot, river on one side, you're surrounded by people just doing activities and enjoying the outdoors, so there's an energy there, and you can fucking roll your eyes all you want, but there's an energy there that can't be found at MacArthur Island, like, there's not that fucking click clacking, not landing skateboard sound, and people, related to what I said earlier, like, I cannot handle, I can't handle skate park environments sometimes. It takes like some of the least interesting um, people in the world and just gets them all together. Uh, at the same time, there there's some very talented, interesting people, but I get drained at a skate park sometimes. Like I get drained going to a fucking Walmart. Chew on that for a little bit. It's true. They're like the same thing, which is so funny because a skate park should be counter-cultural. And, but if it drains me like a Walmart drains me. Anyways. Um, so the idea was to just do weird tricks, do weird skating, send it to Todd uh, to inspire him or make him think of tricks or create a dialogue. Um... So now I just, I filmed the 10th one today, it's many years later, and they've evolved somehow. I'll click on this one and see if I properly compressed. Um, And then the idea was not to make them public, and then I there was just this one that I wanted to make public, because it, I think it was... I don't know what it was, but this new one, today felt really good, and, um, it'll bring me to the next topic here, where, um, I need to talk about logic, fuck logic, man, fuck logic, fuck it, logic, we have spent the better part of our lives, um, um, I had a few classes in school, a few projects. There'd be projects where I didn't have to think of sequential, um, where I didn't have to, um, like guidelines and assignment. Um, I'm talking about school and I'm talking about workplaces that like we've grown up to develop our to overdevelop our logic that to the point that when we do activities like rollerblading like today, my fucking logic talks to me all the time when I'm just trying to do something creative. And obviously in um, catching the big fish, there's the famous quote from the our life book that um, David Lynch says, you need an hour of uninterrupted time to have four good hours of creative time. And that's true but like a lot of that has to do with overriding your logic because that's what we develop in in school we um oh my god we're just we're supposed to have the right answer we're supposed to um do the right thing at our jobs where there's standards in school and in your job and in everyday life that you have to there's standards and there's things that you have to do and laws that you have to abide by and so i go to a skate park where there is no teacher and no coach and no friends and nobody nobody's watching me nobody's marking me and i'm doing things and in the back of my mind it was like oh man that was no that fucking sucked that was no good and then like I, and then um this is where like the the younger generation thing comes through like i start seeing images of skating that i've seen and i'm comparing myself to skating that i've seen and it's just this big fucking mind fuck and in my world especially when i'm just trying to film one of these park sketches thing i want it to be so far from any ego and logic and i want it to be intuitive come from a deep place put the camera down like quickly slap it down yeah this shot's interesting I'm quickly gonna try something like as quickly as I can get in touch with my intuition be like yeah this this might be interesting this might be interesting and film as quickly as I can but your lot my logic is constantly talking to me about how the shot doesn't look good or how um the funniest one was like grinds man there was this point today where it was like oh, you should do a true Macchio fakey three out because you've done that before. You did that in Illusion. You should do that today. And so I set the camera up and I and I actually, I didn't end up using any of this in the edit because it's so depressing. I like tried a true Macchio a few times on the ledge. And then in my head, I was like, oh man, I, oh, I suck. I suck. I can't do true Macchio. And then I was like, oh, okay, I could probably do true Mizu fakey three out and then i was like oh cj wellsmore his fakey or his true mizu fakey three out they're so good i'm gonna try and channel him and do it and then i like missed a bunch of true mizus and that's so retarded like i was coming from a that like competitive place from sports and school and marks and standards and um a lot of my a lot of my skating that resonated with me when I watched it and put it together or whatever uh, just came from a place of no place at all. It just flowed through. It flows through and you don't have to think about it at all. The less that you can think about what you're doing in, in creativity, um, you just have to know that it comes from a place that is much deeper than um, what you think you know. Because that's your logic, what you think you know. Because, like Todd said, you don't know fucking anything. We don't know anything at all. We know nothing. I hope I'm still recording. I feel like that round was good. Oh yeah, we're still recording. 55 minutes. Um, I knew it's gonna be a late one. It's 1:51 1. a.m. Probably gonna listen to Todd and Abe's podcast. Um. So to just close that. If you're listening which you are <laughs> uh, um, oh I gotta tell you something cool after this it's totally a drunk thing um, so it it brings it back to the start of the podcast the more you can go inside of yourself I'm not talking about taking your penis and stuffing it up your ass <laughs> You gotta stop laughing at my own jokes. <laughs> um, <laughs> the more you can go inside of yourself, meditation, um, yoga, meditation, yoga, exercise, journaling, drawing, skating by yourself, um, quiet time, spending time in nature going for walks, listening to music. There's a lot of things that you can do. If you can do these things regularly, you'll develop your intuition, you'll develop your connection to that special thing I was talking about. That thing that has been numbed as we... Um, schools and jobs and things like that are designed to uh, to kind of um, numb that thing. Um and then in poke the box, actually, that book that I talked about in a previous podcast, poke the box um is really good about kind of like push like pushing the envelope if you are stuck at a job that seems boring or you're in school like the more you can push the envelope within those things, the more the world will change um so you can use your your um intuition and you can come from a deeper place and and just go with feelings and and let it flow through um and people like that are going to change the world because it's like if, if someone at tim hortons at a tim hortons comes up with a really crazy idea and kind of like overrides the standards um they're doing something creative and awesome and intuitive you know I don't know if that makes sense, but like, uh, what was one of the theater, um, there was no, when I worked at the theater, there was no standards about having a stereo in the back, in the back room, right? Like there was nothing written in the, uh, employee code or whatever to have a stereo. So like one of my poking the box things was I brought a stack of CDs, I would make CDs and we would play music in the back room and it, and it completely changed the environment of that workplace. Like we would dance and laugh and people would ask me what certain songs were and a manager would come and and turn it down. Cause they said it was bad for customers and then it would turn it back up and certain customers would see like us having a good time listening to music and like enjoying ourselves and it would rub off on them. And then it's like, that's the shit I'm talking about. Um yeah, you can use it in I'm trying to do it more in the business, but it's hard like I want I don't want things in my life to feel separate from my creativity and my expression and my that intuitive connection or whatever. I I I truly feel that the world is going to really evolve. I don't know about 2012 bullshit whatever. I fucking feel so deeply that we are evolving as human beings into something that is going to save the planet but the world is changing, it's going to change drastically because of these weird things that I'm feeling personally in terms of creativity and getting in touch with things that normally I would, not that I wouldn't believe in but um, I got a story and, um, fuck, I'll just say it, so, I, Mason and I, or I, I had a, my ankle was wrecked, I told that story, my ankle was fucking wrecked, um, and it was like a month after my fourth degree ankle sprain, um, I do believe that sometimes you're, you're physically forced out of your zone of over-identification that um, I don't think I, my relationship to rollerblading and, and filming it and, and everything was healthy and um, there was definitely something dark really deep within me that was forced out by an ankle injury so um, I had a plan with Mason one day to um, get up early and take mushrooms Magic mushrooms. And go to the skate park. And this was life-changing for me. This was life-changing. I took these mushrooms, and uh, I thought my ankle would be okay for skating. It was so wrong. I tried to do, like, a soul grant on the Little ledge and just got a sharp pain. And then I just I had a really bad trip because I realized I had nothing else, like, I had, um, my, my girlfriend was a, was an area of strength, and music, I remember, would have been, and my, my sister, I was really happy to see her that day, and my family, um, nature was one, but, like, I hadn't connected to that side of myself yet, and then, um, as weird as this sounds, I remember, like, I couldn't, I just could not, get into it and I was high on mushrooms like they were working um I was watching Mason skate and then, like I just realized like I was filming someone else I wasn't into it I hadn't been working on myself personally and then we were walking through the parking lot because I realized like I just couldn't do it anymore and I just wasn't into it and my ankle hurt and I looked at Mason and I, and I saw like I saw like a dark cloud or, um, I saw something that is like really difficult to explain and think whatever you want to think. I don't know if you've taken mushrooms or not, but um, that was my first introduction to um, some outside thing that guides you and can give you information if you're willing to, uh, if you're going to be receptive to it. And at that point I was, because I was, I don't know if it's, like, okay, you can call it, yeah, you can call it, it, that, um, so it, you're at a concert, and the band comes out, and you feel it, and the whole crowd feels it, right? That's a really good example Um There's one of those nights That Uh Just everything goes really well And you're with good friends And good people And Uh The weather's good And the music's Good And the atmosphere's good And you feel it Um You're sitting on a chair Staring at a lake Listening to music And you feel it Um you get a hug from someone, you feel it, um, you're with someone you love and you feel it, um, and then it also can show you the dark side of life, you're, you're, you're at somewhere where you're like, fuck this place, man, I don't, I don't like, I don't like the feeling of this place, you feel it then too, so, um, some people call it God, some people call it the unified field, some people call it energy, um, what I was getting to is that I felt it, and it showed me everything that was wrong with my life, and, I, and I'm not going to call it God or Jesus, because I don't, that's not the right thing, but there is, um, there is a thing that if you want to tune into it will tell you things and help you in your life and that is the shit that is going to save the planet that is the shit that will um will uh make you enjoy skating more it'll make you enjoy your life more it'll make your relationships to your friends and girlfriend and family better um and it comes from very, very, very deep within, and then it's reflected out, that if your inside is really good, and you've worked out all your shit. Oh, tangent number three, hey? Tangent number three, oh man. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna take another little break here. This is a long one. Oh my god, it's a net. start anywhere start now go what the fuck are you waiting for seriously what are you waiting for start go do something what are you waiting for why are you doing the same shit that you always do why don't you just do what you want to do within reason you still have to have a structured life. But seriously, you have a lot of time to do whatever you want to do. Fucking do it. Seriously. Oh, man. I'm hard on myself for not doing everything that I want to do, but I feel like I'm doing a better job at doing what I want to do. Sounded like a Todd quote. Um, I want to talk about... Uh, someone who I didn't even realize is fucking amazing. Um, and it'll just be a short little blip here, but I need to talk about Derek Swain. Um, there is a skateboarder at the Kamloops skate park named Derek Swain. There's two, um, probably bigger name. There's a few bigger name skateboarders that came, that come from Kamloops. Bigger names, I think in Canada, like Derek Swain might be the equivalent of, like, a, um, I don't know if he's, like, a Richie Eisler, or a, he's, well, he's in a league of his own, but he's probably well-known throughout Canada. Um, okay, he, I don't, I don't go to the, like, big Kamloops skate park a lot, but Derek Swain is there every single time I go there pretty much like ninety-nine percent of the time I go to that skate park. Derek Swim is there. Not only is Derek Swain there, he is skating the park in a new way that I haven't seen before. He's landing pretty much everything. He's always humble. He always says hi. He's always in his own world. Um he's always enjoying what he's doing. He's always very focused. Um he is a huge inspiration. I could never, I could never tap that, um, the way that his dedication, I could never ever, uh, have that for skating because skating for me is, um, like a creative burst. Like I said at the start or whatever, it'll flow out and then there just won't be anything there. And then it'll flow out and there won't be anything there. Like Derek Swain is there all the time, he's like, so, I don't know a lot about like technical stuff, but it seems like he can do, um, almost everything, whatever he wants, and, um, he's, he just inspires me, he just inspires me so much, Derek Swain, kudos to you, and like, like I said, he is a super nice dude, he's super quiet, um, but he's one of those people that, like, if you say hi, if you have that mutual hi or whatever, he's he's a bit younger than us by a few years, maybe. Um, You know, he's stoked to say hi. He's not, he's, he's not doing the, like, buddy head nod or whatever. And he's just an interesting dude. He's one of those people that would be, like, amazing to have on a podcast because, like, I would love to pick his brain for a little while and just talk to him about his his uh, ideas behind skateboarding and his relationship to the activity. Um, I I feel like I could go to that, depending on where he moves to or whatever, but I could feel like I could go to that skate park in five years and he would still be there um, evolving. I go to that skate park and I pretty much do the same shit I usually do, and it's always fun. Um, Sometimes I'll do... Oh my God. That guy that just sped by at 2.19am is probably very drunk and he probably thought he was so awesome as he sped through until someone fucking dies. Then it's not so cool anymore. There's that fantastic um, uh, scene in uh, 21 Grams where it's um, Benicio Del Toro who's a fantastic actor, by the way, Benicio Del Toro's character, and it's like a a still shot of like a summer day and someone mowing a lawn, and his big fucking truck goes through the frame. And I think they captured uh, someone getting hit by a car very well. Not that I've been hit by a car, I've seen anyone get hit by a car, but in terms of translating that idea um, into sound and, and visuals... That it that has always stuck with me. Um, there's a great Harmony Corinne quote that I'm not sure if I put on my blog or not. I'm not gonna plug my fucking blog. Find it for yourself. But um There's a quote that he said that is definitely it relates to how I see movies and things. Even songs. He always talks about like he remembers Certain scenes or characters from movies, and that's it. And that's such a great way of thinking of it. Like, if you think of skate videos, there's like there's certain images, there's certain like combinations of sounds and images that just stick with you, and they're stuck in your brain. And no matter how much shit you consume online, or how many shitty movies you watch, or shitty songs you hear, shitty things you hear there will always be like things stamped on your brain from certain movies that somehow those things, um, resonated with you on a, on that deep level and they're stuck there. Um, I always think that's a really cool way to approach, uh, making things is, um, if you, David Lynch is all about this. If you get it from an, if you feel it on a deep level and you create it, you have that idea, like you, you would just have a, You have fragments of ideas, and you go with those. People usually will connect with them. Characters are tough, though. That's one thing, like, eventually... I have no idea. That world is foreign to me or whatever. But, like, you know how... um, What was it? Um, Just recently, Lacey was reading House of Sand and Fog. It was a... It was like a... She's so smart. She buys, like... She'll buy used books just for really cheap. And I, like, I'll order them on Amazon or, or get them from Chapters for really expensive. And she's smart and only spends a little bit on a book. It was an Oprah book club book called House of Sand and Fog that got made into a movie. Anyways, when I worked at the theater, I saw the last 45 minutes of it. And, like, there was a scene from that movie still stuck in my head. I don't remember anything about the movie. I just remember a very distinct scene. And I was like, oh, you're reading that book? There's, like, I can't tell you, but I remember in the end there's this crazy image that is just stuck in my mind of Ben. And then I told her after she finished the book, it was like, Oh yeah. That part where Ben Kingsley in the movie, like, uh, duct tapes a bag over his head and commits suicide in a uniform. Like, that's crazy that, um, the human mind, um, it's drunk talk again. You're only going to get drunk joy once in a while. So you better appreciate him while he lasts. <laughs> Um, it's, it's so cool that the human mind, um, that, um, film and video cinema, whatever you want to call it, um, album covers and songs that, um, there's something in us that will, oh man, like we have a frequency that resonates with certain images and things like that from movies that things that cut deep and stay there, you know? That is cool. I'm glad that we have that. Just don't stuff too much crap. Because, okay, here's a big one. i got to take a deep breath here. You too. Here, we'll do do like a community deep breath right now. One more. Aquarius moon, full moon in Aquarius. Apparently, it's um, there's always a lot of love in the air, and um, you indulge in the pleasures of life, which holy shit. And by the way, I forgot to say, I got to touch the fucking Stanley Cup today. Wild. Wild, I know. Uh, we got to film Mark Reckey walking around the hospital with the Stanley Cup, and that uh, was really cool. Um I'm going to forget what I was what tangent I was going to go on before that. I'll have to remember. I'll get I'll get there eventually. But um what really inspired me about today and um it has to do with for me personally that idea of having kids or um achieving things in your life. That Mark Reki So here's a dude who has won the Stanley Cup three fucking times and just before he retires he wins the Stanley Cup and he beats Vancouver and he's from Kamloops and you're allowed the Stanley Cup for one day and here he is helping the Royal Inland Hospital Foundation who we're doing video work for. He grew up in Kamloops. His parents are from here he retires, he's achieved everything he needs to achieve in his life. He's achieved in terms of his his goals to do with sport, what he's passionate about. He's won the Stanley Cup three times over. And now he's using his life to help other people. It was so fucking inspiring to me, like when you've achieved a certain amount of in your life, you can go above and beyond the, this, the little goals, the selfish goals, it's not selfish, but the self goals, and then you can start to help other people, and you can have kids, and you can, your, your life can evolve into something completely different than what it was before, and I don't know, I thought that was so cool, it was so cool watching him, like, walk into, um, you know, people who were, or in a hospital bed, he would walk in with the Stanley Cup, and they didn't even know. And um it was just fucking inspiring. <sighs> uh, 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 oh. um, God, now I really can't remember where I was gonna go before. Like I had to take the deep breath because I was gonna. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm going to pause it for a sec. And I remember what I'm going to go on a tangent of. Because it's going to be a big one. It's going to be a big one. You like, get Go grab a drink. Take a deep breath. Get some food. I'm going to pause it. And then we're going to go deep. Well, we're not going to go deep. I'm just going to air some dirty laundry here. I'm going to air some dirty laundry. And I hope it can help you, too. Because um, it's a big one that I haven't let out, and I'm gonna let it out right now, well, after I pause it here. song so good I had to keep playing it. Bear with me. God damn, I was only gonna play like the first 40 seconds of that song, but it's too powerful, man. You gotta play that whole song. So uh, you can skip forward, but Henry Rollins Band Liar uh, is perfectly setting me up for what I'm about to talk about. Um, I am very passionate about skating. Rollerblading, aggressive skating, whatever the fuck you want to call it, doesn't matter to me. I grew up watching videos, Um, I bought every video, pretty much, Um, even when I didn't want to buy videos, I still bought videos, I bought all the magazines, I bought all the clothing, I bought... A lot of skates. I bought a lot of wheels. I bought a lot of frames. I went on many trips. I've watched a lot of edits. I went on a lot of message boards. I talked about it a lot. I thought about it a lot. I still do. Um, but I just have to say, fuck rollerblading, man. Fuck it. Fuck all of those videos that I watch for the most part, there's some that are still good. Um I you know what? Like Okay, I'm gonna take a deep breath. Every memory that you have of rollerblading, every video that you've watched Every magazine that you looked at. Burn it, man. Burn it and get rid of it and let it go. And just enjoy the activity, how you discovered it. Rollerblade. I did the... When you put on a pair of skates, don't think about whatever video you grew up watching or something in a magazine, like there's like a few things that you can take from rollerblading and from its history. This is like, um, something that's very important that I've discovered personally that I want to share with everyone is, um, I always talk about over, over identification, over identifying with something is that I I believed so strongly in rollerblading, and I support. I bought all of the videos, and I supported the industry, quote unquote. And I bought all the rollerblading clothes. And fuck, when you wore a Senate shirt, it just felt so fucking serious, or whatever. We like the entire everything that I grew up on was built on such a false foundation that um like it hurt me to get to this point but like I have to I just want to release and let go of all of that fucking shit I don't care I want to get rid of all of my videos I got rid of all my clothes I want to have like one pair of skates maybe like obviously a pair of rec skates or speed skates or whatever but like one pair of skates not too many skate clothes at all it's just a bunch of bullshit, um, the history I'm talking about, um, there will always be some classic videos and some classic skaters that I will connect with or you will connect with or whatever, but in terms of following skating online, um, and, and, uh, whatever standardized bullshit we follow right now, um, Get as far away from it as possible. I don't, like, we're just, that standardized, logical thing I was talking about earlier is that um, I'm still so fucked up. I have such a hangover from all of the videos that I've watched. And don't get me wrong, there's very sick stuff. There's a lot of amazingly talented people at rollerblading. But we're stuck in this little box where we copied skateboarding. And you can be mad all you want. Skateboarding will always be harder. It will always be better when you go to a skate park. Yeah, I said it. It's really hard to control a skateboard. There's a lot of things that you can do on a skateboard. The fact that rollerblading is still trying to fit in to the same image as skateboarding and BMX is the most retarded thing in the world. And the fact that people are still following it, that should know better, that are older and smarter and should be going in their own directions, which some people are. Um, I have maximum respect for um, anyone who is get getting into rec skating or getting the quote unquote power blade frames, um, getting back to the roots of rollerblading. Rollerblading is skating around. This whole fucking idea of, like, oh my god, like, spot selection and, um, the idea that a video with really good tricks is gonna, like, save, or is is gonna, I don't even know what the vision is anymore, but, like, uh, the whole idea of, like, making some, it's the fucking god complex, Todd talked about it, it's a god complex, um, People are hanging on to, like, some old image of rollerblading, like, by the threads. Um, fuck it. Fuck it all. Go do your own thing. Go skate around. Come up with new grinds. Do the goofiest shit you could possibly... Just... <sighs> have one favorite skater from whenever and just focus on on that, like... I don't think people realize how false of a foundation skating was built on and how we're still following that same trajectory. And I say we as in, like, just a lot of what we see online or whatever, like, I'm I'm just going to speak for a large part of rollerblading. Rollerblading is so fucking insecure and wants to be skateboarding so bad it wish it tries to be like oh oh yo man rolling you can do like such bigger shit than skateboarding man you can like do the you can jump way more stairs you can grind way longer rails why are we even having that argument why like the fact that that conversation even goes down is retarded or any hate or animosity towards skateboarding cuz i'm going to admit right now The chip that I have on my shoulder isn't a chip. It's a gaping hole that I have a massive, massive, massive um, hangover. I've told stories before about, about, like, why I'm so... I have some insecurities about rollerblading. But do you want to know why? It's because I followed it for so fucking long. And we just followed what we watched in videos and everything. We didn't realize that we looked retarded. We believed in it. We didn't, we believed in it because we connected with having wheels on our feet. Not because, um, we connected with wheels on our feet. We connected, there was something distinct in some of those videos. There was movements and, and, and personalities and human beings that were into rollerblading that you could connect with and follow. And it was distinct from... Chris Edwards, man, that guy was rollerblading, definitely rollerblading, like, you can go fast on rollerblades, and you can, he was just distinctly rollerblading, man, I'm just getting too worked up right now, this one will go down in history, I don't remember ranting this much into thin air, (laughs) but I hope you're with me. I've ranted about this before, but really, like that, the leather squeaking sound in the chair, really, seriously, stop and think about this. We have been subpar skateboarding. Rollerblading has been following skateboarding's lead. For like 20 fucking years. 20 years. Do you, don't you think it's time to become something more distinct than that? And I'm going to say it again. And Todd said it. Skateboarding is amazing. BMX is amazing. Do you know how hard it is when you go to a skate park and you actually like watch some of the stuff that people do on skateboards? It's fucking amazing. Do you realize how retarded it looks that we've been uh, following skateboarding's lead and trying to, like, fit rollerblading into what we think is the image of rollerblading when actually we're just following skateboarding? It's fucking retarded. It looks so bad a lot of the time. Like, a lot of your insecurities when you go to a skate park, and you have insecurities because I have them and other people have them, and you don't want to admit it that rollerblading is simply not as good as skateboarding in what we think we're supposed to fit into. Does that make any sense? There's insecurities because we've been following their fucking lead for so long. Do you want to know what makes rollerblading awesome? Speed. Freedom. Doing whatever you want. Is there anything in rollerblading? Oh, Oh, man. I'm on such a tangent right now. Why do I care you ask? Why do I care? There's a reason I care is cuz I see so much potential. So much potential in rollerblading. Seriously. people who say oh I don't care I just fucking skate you realize that when you say that your entire foundation of your vision of skating was mostly built on videos that you grew up on and some original vision that was not even close to your own personal vision there's some people who do very well for themselves Having a distinct vision for their skating, you know? And if you're listening to me right now and think I'm fucking crazy, that's awesome! Because more people should just let it spill out. Spill out. Let it flow through. Fuck rollerblading. Fuck, 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 fuck rollerblading. But at the same time, um,. Rollerblading is infinite. Love-hate. You fall out of love and you fall back in love. Uh. Uh. Express yourself. Express yourself. Oh hi, it's me again I need to um, I'm not going to apologize For anything that I say On this, for the most part Um, When I say fuck rollerblading I'm talking about um, Aggressive rollerblading I'm not talking about rollerblading Uh, the recreational activity I'm talking about the stupid fucking thing that has polarized me for so long and the more I enjoy it the further I'm away from any kind of media to do with it any kind of videos within reason Um, I do get inspired there are certain things I get inspired by which is another a whole other podcast you know but seriously aggressive skating retarded all the standards todd talked about it on the last episode man fuck that the sooner you can realize that it's strapping wheels to your feet you can do whatever you want the more fun you'll have in life and that translates into other areas of your life over-identifying with this shit. Oh, man. It's so unimpressive and boring and, uh... But, um, okay, so I was thinking about how the last episode, I couldn't do, um, a good Tom York. I'm gonna try and do it. I'm gonna try and do it. I want you to know not coming back. Oh, that wasn't a good song. You can't (laughs) see (laughs) my. Wait, let me try a different song. Um,. Yeah, wait, I'll wait for that. I'll wait. Wait for that shit. Um, so I guess closing, because you've been... Uh, this is going to be one hell of an interesting um, memory recording in the history of my life. Um, I'm going to look at my notes quickly. Oh, fuck TV masters of misery, if you watch TV, if you watch a lot of TV, oh, okay, no, here's a, here's a good one, um, I'm a very positive person, first of all, um, I definitely believe in working on yourself, and being positive, for the most part, we all have a dark side, which I tapped into numerous times tonight, um, but I there's something very uh, important that I need to say right now. If I'm friends with you and you tell me that you're bored, I don't know if I can be friends with you anymore. if you're If you say that you're bored in the world that we live in today, you're boring and I don't want to hang out with you. Seriously, I'm bored. Do you realize how many awesome things you could be doing? First of all, you have all of your arms and legs. That's a great start to um, a life that's not boring. Um, If you have legs, you can walk places. Um, You you don't have to drive. Um, And you have arms. If you have arms, you can write. If you have arms and legs, you can walk somewhere and then write. Um, Don't ever tell me, for the most part, you, might, I might catch you. Don't tell me that you're bored. Fuck you. If you're bored, then you're boring. And I don't want to be friends with you. Jeez, Louise, Come on. Um, Something very uh, out there. Just before I go. I'll do a more organized podcast the next one, I promise. Um... Do you want to know? First of all, how the world's going to move forward is... um, Do you want to know my theory? That's what I was going to say. Do you want to know my theory? First of all, the way... The the world is going to move forward if people work on themselves and stop um, having bad habits and addictions and um, inundating themselves with crap constantly. Um, Introspection is going to help people out a lot, clearing out old crap, um, not over-identifying with things, um, so that the, the world will move forward. The more people are just themselves. And then I think on top of that, if we can say goodbye to text messaging and internet messaging completely, I think this is way out there, so I hope you're following me right now. I think transparency is what will uh, cause the world a lot of turmoil, but um, flipped around is going to help the world. So transparency, what I mean is that uh, pretty much everything that you're thinking, everyone will know, I think, within. So let's just say, instead of sending a text to someone, you think a thought about that person, and if they're open, they can receive it so there's actually no device anymore, Um, so I'm thinking something right now, Um, that person would get get that thought, and a lot of these things would be very true, it would be things that people would be afraid to tell other people, they would keep it inside normally, and they would skirt around the truth, and uh, just like, bullshit people and let's just say everybody had to tell the truth because everything that you were thinking was available to everyone that you were thinking about um at first that sounds scary but i think i feel that that would uh really 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 advance planet earth forward and we could get over a lot of this shit, I think, on top of that, um, there's certain structures that need to be destroyed on top of that, um, because I feel like we're, we're smart enough as human beings to know that, um, television and Hollywood movies and a lot of top 40 music, it's all just, um, distractions from the important stuff those structures break down, there's transparency where we know what each other is thinking, um, other structures break down where people actually start to eat healthier and start exercising more, we can start, we can get somewhere, um, I'm not going to be one of those people who get so angry and, and it's like, oh my god, the planet is in such turmoil, I just personally know that, um, the more we the more we go in um, a direction far from the direction that most people are going in right now, the the closer we'll get to uh, some kind of world that is very exciting to live in. Oh my God i'll I'll wrap it up with something skating related because we're getting close to three thirty a m right now oh my god (laughs) okay so if you're camping and you don't have any uh, you don't have any newspaper to start a fire and you got magazines or books or even your journal you gotta rip you gotta rip that shit up to start a fire You know, sometimes you have to rip it up to start a fire.